everyone. Welcome to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. I'm a sex and intimacy coach and a psychologist, and I have spent the last 30 plus years helping people to create and maintain meaningful relationships with sizzling sex and without shame. We are working our way through the erotic alphabet one letter at a time. And today the letter is S and S is for sacred sexuality. Joining me to talk about this subject is Victoria Vives Kwong. She is the number one best-selling author of In a Matter of Seconds, healing and shamanism teacher, spiritual leader, and host of the Divine Sexuality Podcast. She's helped over 4,000 women around the world to access greater fulfillment in their lives and help others do the same through energy healing and spirituality. Victoria emphasizes divine sexuality as the most powerful philosophy she teaches because it is at the foundation of femininity and womanhood. Divine sexuality facilitates women's ability to positively relate to their bodies, to their partners, and to their sexuality. Welcome to the show. Hi, Dr. Lori. Thank you so much for having me. And hi, everybody. So... um, I love the com- I love conversations about sacred sexuality because they can go just about anywhere. When you're talking about sacred sexuality, do you start with helping women learn how to become actually embodied? Yes, absolutely. We do a lot of embodiment uh, techniques, uh, such as, for example, through dancing and singing. I have a background in shamanism and entertainment as a dancer and singer. So I realized how much these techniques, these tools help us really get into our bodies, understanding that in our society, sometimes we are sitting down for hours and hours, especially here in the U.S. Sometimes, you know, we get into our car, we go to our location, we sit in the office, and we don't have the, the ability to really connect with our bodies and, and feel what is that our inner wisdom is telling us, what is that we are feeling at its moment, connecting with our wounds, con- connecting with our, just our physical vessel in general. I mean, so for me, what's interesting about that is that um, I work a lot with both women and men who are not in their bodies because of trauma um, mm. or because of embarrassment or shame around a sexual desire or their sexual orientation. And um, for me, often step one in terms of helping them actually manifest what they want and, and do what they want is to, to get them back into the vessel that we're in and, and really connected so that they can know what they like and don't like. Because if you're not embodied, you don't have a really good sense when when somebody does something with you, whether it's pleasant or not, you're standing separate and working on that. Um, so it's not, for me, it's, it's often not just about the fact that we live such um, strangely sedentary lives, but also that people move out of their bodies very quickly when they're traumatized. Very true. And I can be a testament to that. Uh, And this is part of what I work with when I work with women. Sometimes I my work with women that are brilliant and are so successful in business, but sometimes it's because we are trying to numb the pain from past uh, deep-seated trauma by becoming more successful, having more value in the eyes of others. And we start disconnecting so much from our bodies. 
becoming workaholics many times <laughs> and really living in our, in our heads, in our heads yeah. and unable to relate to what we are going through, what we are feeling. And of course, in bonding in relationships, this is a disaster. We really need to start understanding that healing deep-seated trauma, which might not sound so sexy, but it is essential if we want to move forward with absolutely, sexuality. Absolutely. And I mean, I think one of the things about, about doing that is that what people don't realize um, is that it's not only that you won't make a good relationship, it's not only that you won't have an enjoyable relationship, but it also puts you at risk. Um, I've, I've just finished the um, draft to um, a self-help workbook it's a companion to my memoir and it's about um, recovery from gaslighting and trauma and it's learning essential skills. And one of the sets of skills I, I talk a lot about is that ability to trust your own inner sense as to whether something is positive or negative, dangerous or growth encouraging, you know, all these things that we need to be able to connect to ourselves, to our bodies for that sense, to our spirit for that sense. And that, um, so it's not just a matter of, well, you might not have the greatest relationships, which is really horrible, but also that you might make a choice that's going to put you in danger, that's going to that's going to re-traumatize you, that's likely to get you into a situation where you're going to be find your boundaries violated and maybe find yourself being assaulted because you have no connection to any of the messages that you would get if you were actually sitting in your body. Yeah, totally agree. And I feel it's a matter of almost like a lifelong journey. I still peel new layers on a regular basis. And the level of consciousness that we have and self-awareness, self-discovery, it will continue to improve and grow and take us deeper into understanding who we really are, how we're feeling at each moment, what boundaries we need to place which sometimes we don't have many of them <laughs> and we allow much more than we should. Absolutely. Um, so I work both, I, I'm going to work with all genders, um, but I know that a lot of this work is, is focused on women and it tends to be focused on women for two reasons in my experience. One is, is that women um, access coaching, therapy, and even spiritual programs more easily than, than men do traditionally. Um, and the second is that uh, often women are seen as the seat of sexuality. So that that's the reason for starting with women. What do you think in terms of how you help women to bring that back if they're in heterosexual relationships to men? Yes, my experience has been, well, I come from a very masculine background in the sense that I was actually teaching martial arts mostly to men. Uh, so I have had a very um, deep understanding uh, about masculine sexuality or, or relationship with men, basically. Um, what I noticed is that, as you said, when we go into things that are more intimate and more about talking with somebody else, things come more into the feminine realm. So... In general, we women 
have this ability to grow through conversation, through sharing our emotions, whereas men sometimes have to be initiated in a different way by going to the wild and doing, you know, like one of the things that we used to do is primitive skills. So go to the wild, learning how to survive in the wild, things like that, that initiate them and bring something in them that is um, more primitive, more primal. So sometimes men learn better through that process. So my husband and I were thinking about how can we bring this together as a, as a couple? We have been married for 13 years, so we have been exploring different ways of offering this. Um, and the idea was, you know, I really have to sit down with my women and talk with them, but for men, in a sense, it's going to work better to feel that primal aspect awakening within and being able to understand and release any shame about any primal aspects that they have. Whereas for women, it was more about understanding that what they are going through is the same that any other women, we have the same primal, uh, primordial wounds that we can heal together. So that was the reason why I started focusing more on women. It was something that I was able to relate. I've been through it. I've been able to, to heal much of it, still working on it, on a daily basis. And I, I then invite women to have that compassion toward how we look at men. Sometimes we see them uh, as all power and, and that they don't have any problems. They abuse women. And it's not always like that. There are a lot of men that are suffering, that are feeling inadequate, that are feeling shame because of their sexuality. So to be able also to help women understanding the vulnerability of men has been part of my work with them and how to bring back that healing so that there is the true intimacy that they can achieve. That's great. Um, we are at break, believe it or not. So we will be back in a couple of minutes after some words from our sponsors and we'll pick this up then. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. There is a difference in health and wellness programs. There can be mainstream programs, and then there is something extra. That something extra is called tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated with your host, Kristen Harper. If you want to hear some behind-the-scenes talk radio when it comes to health and wellness, the why as well as the how, be sure to tune in each week. This show will inspire you to be healthy and happy for life, as well as become the best version of yourself. Listen Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. This is the A to Z of sex, featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. 
That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drlorybethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey everyone, welcome back to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. And this is part two of S is for Sacred Sexuality. And I am joined by the incredible Victoria Vives Kong. I'm sure I'm mangling your name, but I'm trying. <laughs> You're doing pretty good. The Vives is not a problem, and I can even say it with a Spanish accent. It's, it's Vietnamese, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> Which is the bit that's harder for me. Um, so it was interesting what you were saying before the break, because um, I'm conscious that... Um, a lot of what you're talking about deals with traditional gender roles and a lot of what I do doesn't. Um, mm. I work a lot with um, um, the people who are not in traditional gender roles. I work a lot with transgender folks. I work a lot with non-binary folks. Um, I spend my time in the non-heteronormative community primarily. I mean, I, it's unfair to say I, I do work with a lot of heteronormative people who find their way to me, but most of my stuff is is in the non-heteronormative community. So I'm interested into how you think that plays when you're talking about these sort of of, of gender roles because I don't I don't necessarily think it's all that different. Um, like when you have a female, frequently we talk about the womb being the seat of a lot of things, you know, the seat of our power and the seat of um, even when you think about things like um, Tai Chi, they talk about that being where your center is. And that's how they teach women to locate their center. I'm I'm tremendously conscious that there's lots of women who don't have wombs. And and some of them are transgenders. Other other of them have just had hysterectomies for a wide variety of reasons. Mm -hmm. So how does that translate when we're talking about sacred sexuality? Yeah, so the idea of the womb is also the energetic womb. So that doesn't mean that it has to be physical. So I work with many women that have hysterectomy, um, uh, the womb removed. Hysterectomy. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Thank you. So, so yeah, it's all about the energetic womb. And all women and men and mm, any kind of identification in our sexuality is going to have both masculine and feminine and a flow between the two. So that's not an aspect that would differentiate necessarily. Uh, myself, I have considered myself to be quite masculine for many, many years. And, and it was hard for me to actually tap into my femininity, which I am able to do now. Um, so my specialty is not so much about men or so much about um, non-binary just because it's not my uh, my path necessarily. So I love to teach something that I have experienced mm-hmm. in my own life and the challenges that I have been able to overcome. Those are the ones that I better to help others. That's how I love to do it because I can see myself reflected in other women that come to work with me and say, okay, I've been there. I've been in that, being 100% toward the masculine and, and just feeling completely depleted. And how do I become, again, that feminine energy? (laughs) So because of that, my focus is that. And, you know, sometimes I have men that come to me and would like to work with me. And I can help, but it's not my passion. So if I think about my purpose on this line of work, it's going to be to to help women that 
that have a similar path as I had. And I have a, a, a great emphasis on healing deep-seated trauma, our relationship with our mother figure, our, our father figure, relationship with our bodies. That is what I'm passionate about, about healing our lineage. I come from a lineage in shamanism, so healing is one of those things that I cannot live without. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I get that. I, I, I do... Gender doesn't seem to be an issue for, for me with the people I work with, even though I, you know, I do a lot of work with people on sexual trauma. That's one of my big areas. Um, and, and that's reflected in my own past. But mm. for some reason, gender doesn't seem to, doesn't, doesn't seem to, to matter um, so much for me. Um, I, I always find, I mean, one of the conversations that I, I've been really enjoyed having with people when I talk, we talk sacred sexuality is about all the different ways in which we see it played out, not only in our relationships, but in the world. And so I wanted to see how you view this. Yes. Yeah, so my path in divine sexuality was more focused to help healers, doulas, nurses, so that they can bring some of this understanding about the, the stigma of being a woman in our society. So that's, that was my focus because I've been teaching and training healers for a long time. But we had that almost like something that was left out. We weren't so much understanding sexuality is a huge thing that can completely transform all the rest of uh, uh, the aspects in our lives. So that's how, how my, my desire started. So we started working mostly with embodying the goddess energy and mm-hmm. start understanding the different representations of the divine feminine, understanding that there has to be a balance between the masculine and the feminine within us in order to be in that equilibrium. But still, how can we bring the different aspects of the divine feminine? As I continue working, I expanded my work to work mostly with business women. And the reason why is because sometimes, and I, I speak for myself too, sometimes we are so absorbed by our careers, our um, obligations, and we want to nurture our families. And we have forgotten that sometimes uh, we need to nurture them by being present in our bodies, being present with them. So that started being more of my work. How can we heal any trauma that we have from the past? How we can embrace sexuality as something that is not objectified, is not about taboos or shame or guilt, but instead, how can we elevate it so that instead to be something that we do as part of our lives, and now I'm, I'm practicing sexuality and now I'm not, how can it be that ecstatic experience, as I call it? How can it nurture us, fuel our days? And how can I be working in my business and still have that foundation, that underlying feeling of ecstasy that helps me feeling alive and really make life worth living? So that is not like a chore and then having a small times for ecstasy, but how can I bring that ecstasy into everything that I do? I mean, so that's interesting to me because I do a lot of talking about the fact that um, what... Um, what sexual energy does is what any energy does. It's just the thing that we have the easiest access to. And because we have easy access to it and we can cultivate it and build it much more easily than some people are very spiritual and other people are not. 
I happen to be very spiritual. I don't have a problem tapping into spiritual energy, but some people really do. The easiest way to build energy is through our sexuality and understanding the body and the vessel we're given. Um, and so I do a lot of talking. When I do business talks, I often talk about the fact that um, sexual authenticity and sexual confidence is absolutely um, dynamic and, and just brings the most amazing charisma and everybody wants to be around you because of that. They just don't know that that's what they're looking at. And so if you're not, if you're not comfortable with yourself that way, and if you're out of sorts and if you're in shame and if your relationships are not moving in that area at all, because you don't accept all of you, then that shows in your business too. That outness, that disconnect is there in your business. And so people will not believe what you say and not connect with who you are. So it's that same thing. It's so much that it's, this is something that you, you have a practice that keeps you there daily, not a practice that only happens when you have sex with a partner. That's the small, the small S, right? Yes, absolutely. The big S. Um, So I'm curious what, um, which are your favorite goddess forms? Just because I have mine. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So hard to choose. I feel that depending on what I'm working on, I connect with different goddess energies. For a long time, Isis has been one of (laughs) the... Yes, it has been a big part of my path, Isis, for sure. And and interestingly enough, some of my mentors as well. Uh, Yemaya. Yeah, she's one of mine. Oh, yeah. I've got, I, and um, I've got a big, um, I've got a big African connection for reasons that are long and involved, but yes. So I've got, I mean, Yumaya is one of mine, um, Erzuli, Erzuli is one of my biggest. And so um, I have flowers every Friday delivered to my house oh. and those flowers are for Erzuli. So every Friday there's new flowers on the altar. There's new, you know, there's new scent. Perfume is a big thing. Um, yeah. And Quan Yin I, is another of mine. Quan Yin was my first yeah, one. Yes, beautiful. And I'm part African, so I'm part Nigerian. So normally, of course, the connection with Yemaya has to be there. <laughs> and and um, oh, I know I just, I just, yeah, absolutely. Um, there are so many. And if, I just find that using the different, flavors of that energy is so useful that you get something out of looking at the different ways these are embodied and it teaches us more about how we move through different states and part of it you know um it was that i grew up in a very conservative regime really really focusing on patriarchal religion so goddess wasn't a word that we would use ever so understanding that there is the same that is the God energy, there is a goddess energy and understand that are the mother, father, God, <laughs> and start being able to understand that and embracing that elevated aspect of ourselves as the feminine. That was also a big part of the healing that I experienced and some people working with me were, were able to experience as well. Fantastic. So we are actually at our next break, believe it or not. Um, We will be back after a couple of minutes with some words from our sponsors and we'll pick it up there. 
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins looks at how natural healing and biological dentistry can safely and effectively treat most health problems. You'll hear about the innovations in both traditional and alternative medicine therapies with doctors and dentists, along with discussions with chiropractors, medical experts, homeopaths, naturopaths, and energetic healers. It's great to have all the best information in one place. And Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins brings it all together. Listen Thursdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drlorybethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey everyone, welcome back to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. And this week it is S, is for sacred sexuality. And I am talking to the amazing Victoria Vives Kong. So we are back. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I think that uh, what I like about using different different representations of God and different representations of goddess is that they... Um, they all embody different qualities and it gives people a much richer palette from which to work. And one of the problems that I see when, when um, people come in and want to work on, on their relationships and want to work on, on their sexual lives and they're feeling separate and um, shameful and alone is that it, we live in a very um, binary Western culture is very binary it's either this or it's that. And there doesn't seem to be lots of continuum. And that actually is, not, is very unhelpful if you don't see yourself in the dominant culture. So if you don't see the image of femininity is presented, looks like this. And I'm sure, you know, I'm sure that you see this with business women. I see it with them a lot. You know, the image of femininity that's presented is mostly about motherhood. It's mostly about, you know, caring for everyone. It's, it's still, even in our society today, Lip service is paid to women who are in strong roles, but there still aren't as many of them. And many women who are very strong feel shamed by that um, because they, they feel they should be doing other things. They should be at home with the kids. They should be um, and, and experience themselves as masculine when actually that's another form of femininity. You look, at, look at some of the goddesses of war to get images like that. Oh, Kali. Yes, Kali is definitely one of the That energy, I love that. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, for sure, all the different aspects and the facets of the divine feminine. And that's why I like the term mother, father, God, because it's not like, it's like the yin and yang. It's it's Mm -hmm. all a continuum. It's not like we have to separate it necessarily. And my work uh, is 
specifically, I work a lot with women that want to reconnect with the idea of self-care, for example, um, because we are sometimes so into the masculine energy as a collective. So that means whether we are men or women, sometimes we forget about the aspect of the nurturer. And for example, in my home, my husband is more of the nurturer, uh, the one that cooks and nurtures me, and I'm maybe more business-oriented. <laughs> and there is nothing wrong about it. The only thing is that the balance is something that I, I have found that has brought me greater health. So that's what I encourage in general, whether it is men, women, non-binary, if we can bring that balance within ourselves and being able to have our nurturing for ourselves or for others and also have the part that is more high achiever, then we will have in general more harmonies, the, the middle path. With that middle path, normally we never go wrong. <laughs> so that's part of what I, I normally recommend. No, and I agree. I mean, I mean, my household, I am definitely, um, my household's interesting, as my listeners know, um, my husband's in charge, but I'm, I, I'm the one who is bringing home the income and he is, does the cooking and um, does a lot of what people traditionally look at as nurturing tasks. Um, and my previous marriage, I was working and my son's father looked after him. Um, and so, I mean, I, it's always been really important for me to be really connected to that feminine because I am always out there in what is perceived of as a masculine role. Mm -hmm. um, and I always have been. I mean, that's that's just been the way it's been for me same for, here, same forever. <laughs> but I always find like the whole idea about self-care so important and self-nurture. I do a lot of stuff with women around self-love and around sexual self-love. And it's like... Mm -hmm. When I, when I talk, one of the things I think is so important is that we own our own pleasure and that we understand whoever we are, that we own our own pleasure. So then we can invite someone in, but we don't give it away, which leaves us when that person is gone without those outlets, without that understanding of ourselves, without that ecstasy, because we ha don't know anything about our, our own bodies. And I was really surprised to discover how many women still have no idea about their own anatomy. For sure. Body mapping, getting to know what are the erogenous zones in our bodies, super important and something that also is super fun to do with a partner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun to do with a partner. And I, I was amazed. I mean, I've, I, I've had women in their 60s who didn't know where their clitoris was. Um, mm. and, um, women who have come to me, who've said, you know, I don't know how to have an orgasm by myself, but I can have an orgasm with my husband. And I was fine with that. I've had a number of women come in with this. I was fine with that until I realized that if he dies before me, I'm never going to have another orgasm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, well, you know, one of the things you can do is ask them to teach you what it is they're doing. You know, yeah. start to start to learn your body, but it's seen as such a big taboo to be recommending that you actually learn the body you're living in. I actually found a lot more women that I worked with that had very much uh, an understanding on how to have an orgasm on their own, but had the difficulty having the orgasm with a partner. That too, a lot more. So um, another 
thing to to also um, resolve and then start understanding what are the the blockages. Is it because of the shame of of feeling slutty or um, impure, or is it because of feeling that we are not safe, we don't have the intimacy to be able to surrender? So exploring that and and being able to find that place where we can truly bond with our partners is part of what I'm passionate about. I'm very passionate about families and <laughs> creating that, that intimacy. Well, and that intimacy is so important. I mean, one of the reasons that um, frequently people can't, can't have an orgasm with a partner is, is, is around safety and is around letting go of control. And in order to have an orgasm, you have to surrender. There's no way to have an orgasm without surrendering. It's not possible. You know, so you're either surrendering to your body, you're surrendering to to the divine, you're surrendering to your partner. It doesn't matter. You could do a combination. It makes no difference. You can't hold on to control and have an orgasm. It doesn't work. And I find so many people who that idea of surrender, and this is certainly was one, was one of mine, and I've written a lot about this. Surrender is a practice mm-hmm. I do daily because I'm a control freak, and I know why I'm a control freak. I had experiences in my life that taught me that I needed to be in control, and so my life is set up to, to surrender everywhere I can because that's what brings me joy. That what, that's what is successful in the world for me and my relationships with my family and on and on. But it's fascinating to me how hard it is for people to do that Um, and not recognizing that that's, you know, the safety has to start here. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And I have some of my clients that that when they first come, it's like they almost feel okay with, with that control. Like, oh, well, this is how it is. This is how it is. It's fine to live because, you know, I have to be in control. And it's like, if you don't let go of that control, you're missing out like so much out of life. Yeah, absolutely. But that is a definitely a, a huge problem that I've noticed for female identified people. Um, and almost the more um, successful they are in other areas of their life, the bigger the problem it is. Yeah. You know. And even men also have a lot of that need of being in control, like a lot to, to be able to surrender. It can be, it's not my, my, my field, but I, that's what I notice as well. It's a huge issue, but they learn to surrender to, they learn to surrender in a different way more easily. So with orgasm, they learn that early on. So that's a place where they can let go of control and there isn't an issue around it. So that kind of learning to surrender and be emotionally intimate is usually more of a much, a much bigger issue for them. But also it's something that they can have really successful relationships and not let go of the control. Whereas we can't, right? Because we, we just won't, we just won't have pleasure. Exactly. Yeah. Which is awful. And I know a lot of women will come in and they'll say, well, you know, it's not a big deal and it's okay. And, you know, it, oh, oh, sex isn't important anyway. That's, that's so sad for sure. That's like, I feel that s- some of us is like almost we think, oh, this was something from times past from our youth. And now it's just about being a mother or being a business owner. And I mean, there is nothing that can provide such level of health, of connection, of vibrancy, bonding with our partners, happiness, as it is sexuality. 
Mm-hmm. And it should be something that we really dedicate ourselves to, to continue nurturing. Uh, absolutely. I'm amazed. I mean, I'm 57 years old and, um, you know, I'm, I'm nowhere near done. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it is so funny because when, when um, you know, often when I appear places and people and I say I'm 57 and people are like, oh, you don't look your age, blah, blah, blah. Oh, no, you don't. <laughs> and and I, they say, what is it? What is it? And I say, well, I've got good genes. I'm lucky with that. Um, I avoid the sun because of other reasons and that keeps you younger. Um, but really what it is, is it's how I feel. And the reason that I look so good when you see me is because I've got that energy running through me. That sexual energy is always running through me and I feel great. And, and that's what you see. You see my joy. Um, and I, I am so disappointed when I hear people say, well, you know, we're in our 50s now. Oh, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not important anymore. Um, and it's not often not that it really isn't important is that they've run into difficulties that they don't know how to solve. And society tells them it's not important anymore. Yes, I did work with many women that feel at that age, they start feeling inadequate. They feel that maybe their boyfriends can find another partner for those. Trade you in for a young model. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and then it's a a matter of um, self-value and understanding how in our society, we elevate anybody that is young and we don't understand that there are different periods in a woman's life and they are all precious. And Absolutely. there is so much beauty in our elders and in, in our mature women and all the wisdom that they can bring and all the sexuality, sensuality, beauty and radiance that they can bring. So once they understand that and they start embracing that, there is like this honeymoon effect. Absolutely. <laughs> and I love to see that. I just love to see Absolutely. that. Absolutely. It's wonderful. Into that. <laughs> so we are going to be back after a couple of words from our sponsors for the last part of this show. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with host Nancy Kerala. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. Together with her guests, we'll explore C. diff infection prevention, treatments, clinical trials, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. (laughs) 
This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drloribethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey everyone, welcome back to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. And this week, it is S is for sacred sexuality. And this is the last, the fourth part of this show. And I am with the amazing Victoria Vives Kong. So as you were saying just before the break, yes, when when an older woman realizes that um, they can integrate those feelings, it's always an amazing thing to see. There's so much joy. And I think we, we forget that we're not built to stop functioning until we shuffle off the earth. Um, and I spend... I do spend some time with people who have um, difficulties. One of my passions, and this is because I am past menopause, um, I and um, I had a hysterectomy, and they took my ovaries as well. So I have a big passion of, of speaking to women about what actually happens and what hormones you need after that, um, because we all have hormones through um, through our 80s, 90s from our ovaries. So it menopause your hormones don't stop, they just die down. And testosterone is really important to women. And women don't realize that. So I, I, that's one of my, my soapboxes. I talk about that a lot. <laughs> because we're not given enough information to actually keep our bodies functioning in fully in that way. And the reason is because it's societally built into us. You know, doctors have the same biases because they've grown up with them too, that actually past a certain age, there's no value. And so if you connect sexuality only with procreation, then when you're past procreation, it follows that that wouldn't be a thing anymore. And that's where that comes from, I believe. It's because like, oh, you're past it now. Not realizing that actually nothing could be further from the truth and that this is a time where you can raise that energy and instead of putting it towards your children, you can put it towards other things. Absolutely. And that's one of the things that I love about how we can create with our cycle, just continue all, all, over and over with that cycle of creation. So I guide women to connect with the cycles of the moon to continue creating. So every time that there is a new moon, there is a new opportunity, let's create something and give birth in the full moon. So it's not about babies. Right. <laughs> it's about we, are, we have that creative force. So sexuality is the most powerful creative force that we can have and how we can continue working with it forever, basically. Yeah. And I do think that's so important. So you think you, you like to talk to the, to the stages of a woman's life yes, as, as we go on. I love to, to understand um, as women, we have these initiations that men don't have. Uh, so biologically, we go through the process of before menstruation, during menstruation, after menstruation. And the three aspects are essential and stay with us. So sometimes we might feel, oh, I'm not, I call it the maiden, the mother. mother and the and the oh, I actually call it the mystic. 
Because I, I, I feel that Kron has a negative connotation, whereas if we tap into the mystic, I feel that we are tapping into the wisdom. That- I love that. I mean, I still, I like the term Kron, though, because I look at it as, as in, its, in its original term, which was yes. elder. <laughs> yeah, and I, I totally, I mean, it's the same meaning. It's just that the mystic, um, I feel that some women might understand that it's not necessarily Crohn sometimes has a, a little bit the connotation of we don't look any more beautiful anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas mystic is something, it's almost uh, in the tarot deck, it, it would be like the high priestess yeah. having yeah. that wisdom that we exude and we are able to bring that to everybody else. So in my circles of women, we had all ages to make sure that we are bringing each of the aspects and understanding that within each of us, we have those three aspects. So if we are in our after menopause, we still can tap into the energy of the maiden. And it's so important to bring that playfulness of our inner child into sexuality. It's so important. So those three aspects and nurturing the three of them can bring that wholeness in our sexuality, in our womanhood. And once again, I normally work with with women. So that's why I talk in those terms. But I mean, I, I also, I also, I mean, I love that. I also think it's so important that pe- women realize that that it doesn't matter what stage you're in, that you still bring the aspects into your life, and particularly for women who have made choices that are not the typical life choices. So, like, how do you bring the mother into your life if you've decided not to mother? Mm. Right. So, how do you understand that? You know, not just giving birth, which women can also often make the transition to giving birth to a business, but Where's the mothering in that, that whole stage of life? How can you find that if you've decided that you aren't going to mother? I mean, I, I mothered. So it, I think it's easier when you do the activities that go with the stage to, um, to connect, yeah. you know, and, and integrate it. But it's harder if, if, you're, if you're moving off and doing it differently. Yeah. And it's interesting. The, the mother aspect is something that, even in our relationship with our spouse or partners, there is a little bit of parenting that goes between our partners and ourselves in order for the relationship to to be uh, optimal. Not a lot, but there has to be an aspect of it. In our business, how we take care of our business with our own selves, how we have our inner parent to make sure that we are taking care enough of ourselves. Or when we build communities as well, how we are able to bring that mentoring, that mother mother aspect as well. And so when you talk about dance, why do you think dance is so special? Mm, well, it brings us instantly into our bodies. And when we dance in the way that I recommend, uh, you know, in my background, I worked in television for over 20 years uh, dancing things that were nothing to connect with my body <laughs> at a spiritual level. So it was just so mechanic. And, you know, it was very enjoyable, very beautiful. But when I started my shamanic training, my mentor made me dance, just bringing my own spirit, my own soul, connecting with my body. So that's the kind of dancing that I know to be so powerful because instantly takes us from our head into our bodies. So there is this experience of understanding and start connecting with what we need at this moment. Instead to feel more like past and future, we come 
right, right here, where we are right here, right now. And we are able to express sometimes uh, exercising is very good for fitness, but it doesn't allow for the expression of emotions. Mm -hmm. So through dance, we can put different musics that allow us to release emotions that are blocked in, in our bodies, whether it is rage. You know, I love to, to uh, guide women through embodying different goddess as archetypes. Sometimes Kali, you know, really embracing Kali when we think that we need as women to be so uh, gentle and so feminine. And, and how about just being wild and raw? And being able to express that through our bodies is important for us because then maybe we need to place a boundary and we will be able to bring that force. So through dancing is a way almost like playful to bring healing and health and expression and being able to express also our sexuality. So another thing that I do is guide women through belly dancing to be able to move the area of the hips which sometimes is really stuck as we sit down for hours. <laughs> that for me, so I've got two things that came to mind when you said that. I mean, so I took belly dancing many years ago and then had to stop because of health issues. And I've been talking about, given the opportunity, I'll do it again. We'll see. I've, I've got a, one, I've got a hernia and so they may not let me, but I would like to do it again because um, I really enjoyed that. And because often I find myself stiff, in that area. And actually loosening it up is really powerful. Being able to loosen it up is really powerful. But the other thing that came to mind is that one of the things that women often will say about dancing is they're very self-conscious. And if you're self-conscious, you're in your head, you're not in your body. So how do you combat the self-consciousness that arises just because we're so used to being watched? Yes, I know. And it happened to me. I was in television. I had to be perfect dancing. And, and then I thought I had to perform. So we have this idea you have to perform and it's not about that. So I guide sometimes shamanic drumming circles in which I mm -hmm. invite people to just express their souls. This is not a performance. It's not for being beautiful or looking in a certain way, but it is to express and liberate your soul, to be able to be one with your spirit, to be free. If we think about indigenous people, like I have danced with people from Cuba, Cuba, from Brazil, and they have this shine in their eyes, like their spirit comes through, they're free, they are able to express. But for us, sometimes it's like, if we dance in a, a public place, for example, like I like to dance in the supermarket, by the way, <laughs> and people it. would think that I'm not intelligent because I'm doing crazy things. So how can we liberate ourselves and move beyond that shame yeah, of moving our bodies so that we don't need to look in a certain way. However we dance, even if it is not like, uh, uh, I don't know, professional, is going to be magnetized. It's going to be mesmerizing when we are 100% connected with the present, 100% yep. connected with the excitement, the experience, the energy flowing through our bodies, feeling the freedom, feeling the almost ecstasy, it can become ecstasy. So when yep. we think about that experience, sensory experience, how we feel the emotions, instead to think how it looks, when we start making it of an internal experience, that's when it's so healing, so liberating. 
and Absolutely. we will forget about how we look. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I mean, it's wonderful. I mean, it's, my husband is uh, drums. He's, uh, he's a percussionist. Yeah. Well, it, that, it, our, our, um, what would be normally a dining area for most people, we have uh, a, my baby grand piano, my cello, my son's three, oh. um, sorry, two um, saxophones, and my husband's part of his drum collection, like 20 of his drums. Um, so yeah, uh, here. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean that that's something that's definitely a part of some of the things we do. He does um, drum circles for he- healing oh. drum circles, and um, um, we also teach the creation of human drum circle, which is always interesting, um, <laughs> where you drum on each other. Lots of oh, fun. Oh, beautiful! I love lots that. Lots of fun, um, and <laughs> and a great way to raise sexual energy as well as spiritual energy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, I love, I love that. And I know that, that, um, I think one of the biggest hurdles for, for many women is this idea that we are supposed to look a certain way regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I do things deliberately with myself to try and challenge that. Um, you know, like if I'm going to be on video, oh my God, I should, I should have my makeup on. I should always be dressed appropriately. And, and actually <laughs> sometimes you can just be and and be just as powerful without having to put on a face or something like that. So there so important. So much pressure. There is so much pressure, and with social media, it's just like it becomes totally nuts. It becomes crazy. Like we need to be more natural. I actually invite my women to to for one month. Don't wear makeup. Don't shave. Don't wear any eyelashes, wigs, nothing. Just for one month of your life, experience yourself as wild, natural, and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> lockdown has meant for lots of women not shaving and not waxing, right? <laughs> what did you say? Lockdown. Lockdown oh. here. I mean, we, you know, we get locked down for three months. If you usually <gasps> go and get waxed, you oh, haven't, right. Been, right? So lockdown <laughs> meant lots of wild women. Lots yeah, of hair everywhere. <laughs> Um, and then I invite the opposite. I invite also the opposite because there are women, not so many, but there are women that don't know how to apply makeup, how to wear heels. And I feel it's, it's important to have the full spectrum, how we can go from one spectrum to the other and then just feel comfortable. Anyway, Absolutely. And I mean, there are, there are, you know, it, I think it's important whenever you see somebody stuck in one pole that they learn how to move and, and, and have the full range. They don't have to choose to embody the full range all the time, but that they're not stuck in something where they can't move. That's the issue. So where should people find you if they want to find what you're doing, read your book? Yes. My website is victoriavives.com. And if they go to victoriavives.com slash divine, they can download my divine sexuality ebook. So that is V-I-C-T-O-R-I-A-V-I-V-E-S.com slash divine. And I will put that in the podcast notes once this is up. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much. This has been amazing. It's so good to be here with you. So everybody have a wonderful week. Are you getting ready for the holidays? If you are and you're stuck for gift choices, head over to the A to Z of sex.com and download my holiday gift guide for 2020. Um, it's got stuff for a range of things 
from toys for everyone through to bling to tipples and snacks um, and some amazing lingerie, as well as some really good reads. And there are even some classes in there for the new year. So if you're setting up to improve your relationships or maybe finally find that one that really suits you or that many that really suits you, if you think this is the year to do it, There are some classes coming up that I'm doing and the gift guide has an offer for buy one, get one half price. So you might want to check that out. Next week is the letter T and I'm not going to tell you what it's going to be, but I do look forward to seeing you all then. Please remember, if you've got questions, write them in. If you want a particular topic or a particular ter- person, please write those into. It's Beth at drlauriebethbisbee.com. Be safe and have a hot and enjoyable week.